0: I always think if if you can laugh, then you still have hope. You know, when you're out of laughter, you're out of hope. I live in a very dependent world. I'm dependent on others, and because of that, I blossom.
1: One of my brothers, Leo, he used to say, if I got a kick in the dairy, eh... I'd end up with a black eye.
2: Hello there. I'm Erin Davis, and welcome to Elder Wisdom Stories from the Green Bench. This is where we widen our minds, open our hearts, and hear stories told and experiences shared. My co host on this bench is Doug Robinson. Doug's an 87-year-old resident of Sandalwood Park in Brampton, one of the many Schlegel Villages' retirement and long-term care homes. And the Schlegel family is behind this podcast. They're its inspiration with those virtual and real green benches that you'll find visiting many communities, and not just the ones with Schlegel in their name. Our guest today is 92-year-old Ivan Siriani. We've got a lot of road to cover with Ivan, from his love of travels and bucket list plans, family trees, and the chaplain chat that brought some peace to his heart. It's all ahead. Here we go with today's elder wisdom. Well, Doug, welcome to the Green Bench, my friend. And you know what? I was looking up at the sky and thinking about our chat. Do you want to know how? How? Do you remember Chris Hadfield, the commander of the ISS, the International Space Station, for all those months? I had a chat with Chris Hadfield when he came back to Earth, and I asked him. And the guitar. And the guitar player, exactly. And I asked him a question. I said, Chris, you've been up there. You've done that. You're world famous, at least on this planet, and who knows how many others. What is on your bucket list? And his answer to me was this. He said, Aaron, I don't have a bucket list. This glass of orange juice right now is my bucket list. I don't make any plans. I enjoy things for the moment. And you know, our guest today, Ivan Siriani, is going to talk about something on his bucket list. And I can't wait to get into that. But do you have something on your bucket list, Doug? Or are you like Chris Hadfield in that every day that you wake up and there's light in the room or that you have a good cup of tea or you enjoy a little dram of Grand Marnier, perhaps someday with Ivan? What is on your bucket list, my friend? Well,
1: my bucket list was about
2: four or five years ago, I
1: wanted to take a train trip across Canada from Toronto to Vancouver, Mm -hmm. and I was able to do it before I came into the nursing home. I went with my son, and it was the most wonderful holiday that I've ever had. It was a really wonderful experience, going through the Rockies, going whale watching uh, that was a big thing on my bucket list, Ivan. Yes. Uh, you have a bucket list. You want to go to uh, Newfoundland with your daughter?
0: That's right. Can you
1: tell us about that?
0: Well, uh, she's always wanted to see icebergs. I'm not too care uh, interested in that, but uh, I thought let's let's get out and do something. We've been tied down for two years now, and uh, so I said, okay. You make all the arrangements, and I'll pay for it. And that she don't. No, Dad. No, I says no, no. You're going to make the arrangements, and I'll look after everything else. So, she's done a nice trip up, and uh, we've got about three stops. It's only for uh, seven days, but it's it's a nice one, and we're look, really looking forward to it.
1: I've I've always wanted to go to the East Coast myself. <sighs> I think it's a fascinating area.
0: Prior to my wife going into long term, we did a lot of drives all over the states, and one of the ones we really enjoyed was driving down through Maine area, then up the east coast, uh, through Nova Scotia, and up the, big yeah. tra- up the trail, and then back through Quebec, and uh, we really enjoyed traveling, and uh, it was uh, very re- relaxing. Did you stop for a lobster? Unfortunately, I have a violent allergy to crab and lo- lobster. Year, years ago, in my single days, my buddy and I went to, uh, took our girlfriends, went down to Seattle. On the way, we bought a crab. Unfortunately, I didn't realize till later that it wasn't uh, fresh, and I was very, very ill in that. Oh. Yeah, and then uh, I used to, I worked in Toronto. I used to go up to Montreal where we met some business associates. So he recommended I have a lobster bisque. That was fine. I uh, had it, and and later I wasn't feeling too well. So I went into the washroom and... uh, I was there for two hours. Uh, Both ends, it was coming out. My legs were paralyzed. And uh, finally, I got out, and nobody was there. So the next morning, I went down from the hotel. My buddy who was traveling with me came along, and he says, uh, I said, where did you go? And he said, oh, we we thought you picked that broad up at at the bar, you know. So I, I said, "Paul, you're the guy that does that, and not me." You know, but, <laughs> but ever since ever since then, I'm uh, you know I've had a lot of problems. I ended up I was in the hospital once, and they did uh, angiogram, and uh, they lost me on the table. I, f- I found out later that the contrast dye is made up of seashells. Oh, so so I've uh, I, I just won't sign off on angiograms anymore, and. Uh, I keep as far away as possible from that sort of thing.
2: My goodness. Wow. So your lobster bucket list is definitely full. Not going to be doing that on your trip to Newfoundland. And I must tell you, Ivan, when you do see the iceberg, my husband and I did a road trip, our own bucket list, a road trip from Toronto to Newfoundland. We drove and took the overnight ferry. But When you see an iceberg out in the distance on the horizon, it looks for all the world like an apartment building in Scarborough or London or wherever you are. And you go, oh, that's a, wait a minute, that's not an apartment building. (laughs) So you'll understand your daughter's romance about icebergs, I think, uh, pretty pretty fast.
0: she, She has a friend that has been there five times and they keep put postings on Facebook. Mm. you know pictures and close-ups and all that so we're really looking forward to it though
1: wonderful what other trips or experiences are on your bucket list apart from Newfoundland uh
0: at this time in this age i don't have too many uh basically uh out to bc to visit relatives and also i have a brother in calgary as yes. Come out with lung cancer, so I I may Mm. be going out there shortly to see him, yeah.
1: Well, if you do it, go by train. It's quite the experience.
0: I used to work for a railway when I first started, and I I used to get passes. And I I did the cross Canada to Winnipeg and then down to Minnesota. Oh. And I've done, on our honeymoon, we went to Los Angeles uh, on a pass as well. So I, I enjoy it very much. Yeah, it's very, very relaxing,
1: and and you meet very interesting people. I met people from Australia, London, all kinds of people on the train. It was a wonderful experience. It really was.
0: It's also nice when you're up in the the dome car having supper so, yeah. and you're stopped stopped in the middle of the town and traffic is lined up both sides of you.
1: <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, you've got a good sense of humor, Ivan. <laughs> that's, that's
0: the only thing to have, you know.
2: It really
1: is.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: And your love of travel is still, like, even just at home, you're still driving. And uh, we understand that you're not a resident yet, but when the new retirement addition to the Village of Glendale Crossing in London opens, you're going to be moving there. So tell us about this next phase in your life where your travels, of a much smaller or more minute scale, will be taking you. Will you, Ivan?
0: Um. Basically, uh, I've got my suite picked out. I have a two bedroom complex there now. And uh, my daughter's husband is a, a draftsman. So he took the chart, expanded it, and uh, got all the measurements. And then my daughter cut up little pieces of furniture, tables, oh. and all that. So we've mm-hmm. got it all laid out. So no, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the layout. My only question is a wish the heck, they could move the date up a little more.
2: <laughs> I know. Time travels so slowly. I mean, it certainly has the last couple of years, but when you're waiting for something with such anticipation, and I understand your family is very much in support of this move. Obviously, you've got your son-in-law helping with the drafting and your daughter with the little cutout furniture and stuff, but yeah. also a big plus for this, Ivan, will be that you'll be able to pop over and see your wife. Tell us about Marjorie and and what your living conditions with her and apart from her have been for the last three years now. Well,
0: we, we've had a long life. And, uh, yeah, I, I miss her very much We because we used to do a lot of traveling and dr- just driving locally in Alberta when we lived there or here and taking in the things. But uh, I'm looking forward to being able to see her more often maybe for shorter periods you know in the morning and afternoon evening bring her across to my my apartment and uh, just let her see the scenery but just just to get outside and do things and make sure she gets some fresh air and some exercise and that so
1: Ivan yeah when your wife moved into long term care you said it was harder on you and your daughter than on her I understand you spoke to the chaplain about it. Yeah. How did your conversation help? Well, uh,
0: when we came here, we s- I sat down in this very room, uh, signing off documents, giving her medical report, in fact. And my daughter, she uh, took her around and uh, just looked at the area, and then she took her out into the courtyard and... While they were sitting there talking, one of the residents came along, talked to Marge. Marge got up, walked off, and left Terry there. And anyways, when uh, we finished documentation, Marge and Terry came back, and we went in and showed Marge her room, which we had already uh, had set up with pictures and furniture and things like that. And uh, we uh, we left her there. She was fine, you know. Uh, a short while later, I got involved in a uh, with a chaplain and a group of caregivers and that and uh i, I said you know i I told marge that uh i 've got to go home now and check my phone calls and uh because uh, I was doing income tax and i I may have to go go to work and that and as soon as I say income tax, she says oh that 's okay." I told the chaplain I felt real bad about it because um, I felt like I was lying. But she said uh, at the time, no, don't you feel bad at all. And she gave me an expression, which I I can't remember now. But, you know, made me feel a lot better that it was a little little white lie and that. But, you know, like today I don't have to do that. And uh, when I go, she gives me a hug, you know, and there's no question that she ever wanted to go back home or even talks about it, you know. So it makes me feel a lot better about it.
1: Ivan, you've been married 68 years. The night you met your future wife, I understand you took a more creative route into the dance. How did you get to meet her?
0: Well, I was much younger and more aggressive in those days. No, (laughs) I, I... in the late 40s, early 50s, uh, I had a motorcycle, and there was about five of us that uh, rode motorcycles. And um, one night, it was a Saturday night, I said to my best man, John, I says, let's go down to the Y on Burrard Street, because uh, there's the Saturday night dance there, and I think Marge is going with somebody, you know. So that was fine. We parked our bikes and uh, went around the back of the Y and climbed up three slates of stairs to the dance floor and the door was open at the time because of the warm weather and uh, so i saw her i asked her for a dance and i i think i had about an hour or so with her and her guy was getting a little upset so and then we were politely asked to, to leave the premises so. <laughs> we, we went back out the same way we came up but uh, shortly after that, we uh, we courted a bit, and in in fifty uh, three, uh, I asked her to marry me, and uh, she said, "Well, that's fine." She says, "You you've got a choice. It's either me or the motorcycle." Ooh. <laughs> so, you, so you can guess what I gave up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ivan, there's nothing like true love.
0: No, no, we've been very close. We've we've had our ups and downs over the years, you know. Health problems and and that sort of a thing, but we're still very close. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I've been married 62 years this year. My wife has dementia. Mm. Uh, she's in a different nursing home from me, and I don't get to see her very often. But every now and again, I go on Skype, and we can talk on the computer. Yeah, she doesn't remember me or anything about mm. her, mm. and you can't ask her anything. Uh, you have to say something to her so that she can follow you.
0: Trigger it. And-
1: but you can't ask her any questions about our life together or anything. Yeah. It's so very sad. It is. So uh, very sad. It's
0: too bad you, you couldn't be closer like the situation I'm going to be in. But yeah. one yeah. of one of the girls here had set up a Facebook. So we would, once, twice a week, we would conference and that. But, and now my girls, now they're coming regular. We don't worry too much. But my daughter here, Lana Ray, she will go in and, and uh, put her on video to the two of us when when she's here with her at night and that. So and Marge is pretty good because uh, she she knows me and she knows the girls. And sometimes she gets their names backward, but. Yeah. She still oh. knows them in that, yeah. Oh,
1: that, that that's nice. To yeah, hear. it is. No, my wife doesn't know my uh, daughter or or her grandchildren or nobody. She's she's in a world of her own. That's sad,
0: though. I, I feel for yeah. you. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Ivan. Yeah.
2: Everybody's journey with dementia is so different, and we've had the honor of people sharing their stories, as you are openly today, and your difficulties and challenges and ways of trying to get around. Do you have an idea when Marjorie's dementia was triggered? I think that you do. You seem to think it goes back to a car accident.
0: Yeah, back in 1981, uh, I, I was wor- working in Toronto and I was coming home on the train. When I got uh, got off the train, Marge wasn't there, so I walked home and got changed. And then I hear a car out in the driveway, and I look out, and it's the police. So. I went out to them, and I says, what's the problem? And he says, your wife and daughter have been in a very bad accident. He said, you want me to take you to the hospital? I said, no, I'll get my neighbor to loan his car. Apparently what happened, she had taken Terry down to Oakville. Mm -hmm. As Terry was looking for a job, wanted to get the paper. On the way home, somebody made a left-hand turn right in front of her through an intersection. The motor was driven into the passenger compartment. She was pinned in, head injury. My daughter had her back broken. Mm. And uh, oh. Marge was in a coma for three days and had a brain injury net. And um, I, I attribute this to uh, that accident because uh, about six months after that, a doctor says, you've got to go to work and get your mind going in that. So she did go to a nursery in, in Clarkson mm-hmm. uh, that shipped nursing supplies all over Ontario. And uh, she was embarrassed because she couldn't remember her phone number, her address. She got the job, but she oh. came along fine. And then about uh, 2005, I think, I was working in the front yard, and she t- took off to go play her weekly bridge. 15 minutes later she's back and I says how come you're not playing bridge she's I forgot where to go you know oh. so I phoned them and I took her over and left her and picked her up but at that time Alana Ray worked at Partwood uh, brain injury rehab and uh, she got her into a geriatric uh, session with the Dr. Borey there and um, they did uh Tests for about two years. They put her on these pills, which you didn't know what you're getting. But then I I, I noticed it started progressing and that, and uh, and about oh three or four years later, and I'd be sitting in the front room with her reading the paper, and then all of a sudden she'd turn on me, and you know accuse me of this and that, and
1: uh, As it happened to me too. Yeah,
0: so I I just got up and uh, I couldn't reason with her, so I just got up. Got in the car and drove away for about an hour, an hour and a half, and come back. She's there, and she's, huh? Where you been? You know, how you doing? So, you know, she she never remembered it. So
1: I don't remember now.
0: So we, uh, I arranged for Lynn to come in and uh, look after, showering her and that sort of thing, because it was getting to the point where she'd sleep until eleven, twelve, or maybe two in the afternoon. I'd end up having to do washes every day, you know, uh, bed sheets and things like that. And, and it got to the point I didn't realize. Uh, my kids were concerned, and uh, the social worker actually uh, met with the doctors in the clinic I go to. And my doctor said, "Look, we got to get Marge in because we're worried about Ivan and having a heart attack and that." So. Hmm. Anyway, well, three or four days later, I got a phone call. We got a place for Marge and that, and uh, I, I, I was pretty upset. Uh, I just, uh, I, I just couldn't let her go. So that was fine, and uh, my doctor kept insisting, and so they moved Marge instead of the back of the line. They put her in the front, and um, that happened. And I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm ready for it." And uh, we, we had looked at about ten. Uh, long term cares in London here, and uh, I'm certainly glad that it's our first chance. You know, that it came up first, so that uh, um, we're quite happy with the staff, they're excellent. I have no complaints other than the ministry rules on COVID, and that's
2: yeah, 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 just one struggle upon another. But it really sounds like. You are at peace with where you are now, and Doug certainly is, too. You hear the laughter in his voice, and none of us gets through this on our own, do we? It's only with support and help and people who know exactly what you're going through, as Doug does you, Ivan.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I've got a lot of support from my neighbors, the people here, and uh, my family in particular. That's the, the big thing that they're behind me pushing in that, so...
1: I have one wonderful daughter, Ivan. She comes here and looks after me. She makes sure I'm happy and do I need anything? And, you know, she has her own life to lead. But no, Dad, you did it for me when I was younger. I'm doing it for you now. Uh, she's such a wonderful girl.
0: My my daughter that lives here in London is a professor at Fanshawn. She'd had twelve years uh experience of brain injury, and she's up on medical stuff so any any problems or anything like that, she'll come and talk to these people and convince them you know we've had some decisions that we had to get overthrown because they weren't in agreement with what we want you know then my other daughter in um Burlington area comes out uh every two weeks for three or four days and helps around the house and that and she's very helpful as well and uh and marge really appreciates them and you know she may get their names mixed up but <laughs> she she really knows them and always gives them a hug before they go and that so which makes me happy too so yeah yeah, yeah.
2: lovely can we talk about your family in a different sort of way? We understand that you've been tracing your family tree, Ivan. Would you like to tell us about that?
0: Yeah, I used to, uh, well, I retired in, in Calgary in '89, and then came to London in '94 because the kids were all down here, and then I, I did some t- income taxes for Block Brothers for about four years. And then my son-in-law, who's with the provincial police, got me a job as uh, working on wiretaps, which I did for about five years. And Mm. uh, it got to the point the government was taking all my money. So I I said, that's it. I bought a computer. I joined a local genealogy group. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. Uh, I go back on my dad's side, I go back to sixteen hundred and my mother eighteen hundred wow. and then marges folks i'm I'm back at seventeen hundred but i I find that so refreshing and uh you know it keeps me going and uh it to me it's wonderful at the age of computers because i've had you know people contact me from Australia all over you know uh, north america europe and um you know, I I wonder what they did in the old days. You'd send a letter, you may or may not get a reply, you know, whereas today is practically instant.
2: Yeah, it used to be there would be that one relative who would really make this their project, and then they would write letters after letters after letters. But now we're all kind of junior genealogists.
0: That's it. Yes, I've contacted people a woman in San Francisco sent me out with somebody in uh, in the States that had a database of all the people that were born in the town where my dad was. And uh, so she sent it to me, and I, I got birth certificates. And then I, I tried to trace my Greek grandfather, and she said, well, there's another couple down there that uh, both have done this for and Zero." So she gave me the email. I sent it off to them, and they come back and they questioned me. He says, "Well, um, tell us a bit more about your great grandfather." I says, "Well, I don't know too much about him." I t- basically, I gave him what I have, and and he came back with me, and they said, "Okay, we're going to send you an email. Uh, we just wanted to make sure we had the right one because there was two guys with the same name born the same day in this town." Hello. Ah. So, so I I ended up with twenty-one pages of relatives going back to the sixteen hundreds. So, it's amazing what you can find out there, and and how helpful people are in that. Yeah,
1: Ivan. Yeah. Were there any surprises you unearthed while digging up the roots of your family?
0: no prisoners no, no 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 poor houses either my, my dad my dad came to canada in 1902 and i found out the only reason he did was because uh at 18 in italy you had to go into the army and that so he just got in there uh, at age 17 and a half so But no, I have all good relatives that I'm aware of. I haven't found the bad sheep yet.
2: Maybe you're it, Ivan.
0: That's quite possible. (laughs) 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 Ivan? Yes?
1: You put a message in a plastic bag and you left it for contact information at a relative's headstone in the hopes of a distant relative of yours might find it and reach out. Can you share that story with us? Yeah, I
0: grew up in Vancouver and uh, I didn't know too much about my mother's background, but later tracing it, I found out that her grandmother and husband came out to Saskatchewan and then uh, he died there and she moved to Vancouver. And I was looking at a boarding uh, pass that I had of my mother's and it said she was coming to Vancouver to live with her grandmother. So I searched online the cemeteries and I found out that she was buried in the Mountain View Cemetery. So I, uh, uh, when I came out, I went to the cemetery and there was no marker. So they took me over, showed me where it was, and that was fine. So there was fresh flowers in this little uh, vase. So I thought, well, somebody's looking after it. So I... Uh, I wrote a note up my email address. I had a plastic baggie. I put a rock in it to weigh it down. Put it in this flower pit and left it. When I got home a couple weeks later, I eventually I, I got an email from this woman, and uh, she's been living in Vancouver <laughs> years and years. And so we we contacted and uh we uh, exchanged a lot of information and since then I found more people out in Vancouver that are related that I never knew in all the forty odd years I lived there, so it's surprising sometimes. Maybe you gotta go away to find out things, you know. Yep. So yeah. true. it's an interesting hobby. It's a, you know, I I enjoy it. It fills my time in too, so
1: Ivan. Yep. There's a very good saying some family trees have beautiful leaves and some have a, just a bunch of nuts yeah. remember it's the nuts that make the tree yeah. work shaking
0: it's just if your work is hard and your rewards are few remember the acorn was a nut like you i think it was <laughs> 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 the Mighty Oat was not like you. Yeah. There you
2: go. Yeah. <laughs> well, what a pleasure it has been to share the shade of your family tree, to delve into your bucket list, and so, so much more, Ivan. And, of course, we cross our fingers for time to go just quickly enough so that you can get into your new place at the Village of Glendale Crossing in London when it opens next year and that you will be closer to your dear Marge. So thank you so much for sharing this conversation and time on the green bench.
0: Yes, it was enjoyable. Can we do one tomorrow?
2: How wonderful that we can listen to this tomorrow or whenever through the magic of podcasting. And if you go to elderwisdom.ca, you can learn more, both about life at Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care residences, and how to make sure you don't miss a single episode of these Elder Wisdom chats on the green bench. There are over 40 of them now to enjoy, so why not do a deeper dive into some inspiring, enlightening, and entertaining discussions. Thanks to Carol Metron, Director of Lifestyle Options at Schlegel Villages, for helping to bring Ivan to us today to share some great stories and his own personal perspective on life with a partner of well over six decades who is now living with dementia. We wish Ivan and Marge many more years of close connection as he awaits his new home at the village of Glendale Crossing in London. We hope you'll join us here next time, and thanks again. I'm Erin Davis, and on behalf of Doug Robinson, your seat on the Green Bench is ready and waiting.
1: Elder Wisdom, stories from the Green Bench,
0: is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring
1: the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.